Hello, my gorgeous family. I am Dr. DeLuna, your favorite spicy doctor, educator, and yogi. And today I am so excited to share a little bit about mental health. Today we're going to be talking all about depression. And this isn't going to be your typical depression talk because this is going to go into all of the root causes of depression. And truly, I wish that this episode was out when I was going through it. Okay, my gorgeous friend. So I'm a naturopathic doctor and I am someone that has both personal and professional experience working with individuals who are struggling mental health wise. Know that I am someone that you could say anything to. Know that you probably already know that I tried to kill myself because you listened to the first episode. And I have no problem diving into this material with all of you because it's something that is really important and it's something that maybe someone in your life is going through and they could really value from this information. So today we're not going to be talking about what medications to take. We're not going to be talking about what supplements will benefit you. We're going to be talking about what you need to look into to get to the root of this because Every single symptom that you experience is your body's way of trying to get your attention. Mental health concerns are no different. Depression is something that, you know, it can show up in different times of life. It could be a different grief reaction, but that's usually more short term, right? Two, three weeks. But if something like depression, this heaviness, this sadness, this lack of desire to show up in your life is persisting for you, it's something that your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit is screaming at you to take a deeper look at. And for me, it was something that I didn't take a look at for a long time. So I am sure that you have heard that gut health influences every part of your body, right? And we're going to talk and actually start in the gut because this is where a lot of depression actually stems. You know, a lot of root cause medicine does exist in the gut. And the gut is this outside world. It is truly one tube from your mouth to your anus of the outside world in which your body is saying, do I want to integrate this in? Do I want this to be a part of my structure? Or do I want to pass this and leave it outside? We put all sorts of weird shit in our mouths, fam. We eat food that is considered poison in other countries. We eat things that we know are bad for us, but we get a little dopamine hit, so we eat it, right? So if you are someone that has any gut health concerns, so this could be something as simple as, you know, you're lactose intolerant, but still decide to eat ice cream every night, or you're eating foods that you know your body doesn't like, or you eat a traditional standard American diet. All of these things can lead to low-grade gut inflammation and lead to symptoms like bloating, gas, alternations and bowel habits. So let me also say that if you are a farty McFarty or if you're burping all day, that is all indication that you need that your gut is unhappy. If you bloat throughout the day, for instance, if you go to sleep and you feel like you're six months pregnant and then you wake up in the morning and your gut is flat and you have abs, there's something going on in your gut, baby. There is. It's undeniable. So every single thing that we are putting inside of our mouth into our gut has direct connection to the nervous system. This is happening via the brain-gut axis. So really, this is happening through a direct connection, but also different chemicals that are secreted into the bloodstream and travel along a nerve. The main nerve that is doing this is the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is cranial nerve 10. If you ever get a pop quiz from me and I ask you what my favorite nerve is, it is the vagus nerve. Cranial nerve 10 starts in the brainstem. It swims down and touches a lot of your digestive system. So it touches your tongue. It touches your mouth. It touches your esophagus, your stomach, your small intestine, large intestine, all the way down until the very end of the large intestine. However, it is truly this physical connection 
from your brainstem into your gut. So different things can travel along this nerve into the brain. For instance, different cytokines, which are chemical messengers, can travel from the gut into the brain. Cytokines are things that are asking your body to show up in a different way. So oftentimes this triggers inflammation. There can also be microbial movement from the gut into the brain. Literally, they just walk their way along this nerve and get into your brain. It could also be different types of neurotransmitters. All sorts of things have this direct pathway. So if there is something showing up for you in your gut, without a doubt, it can show up and influence your brain. Have you heard of leaky gut before? So leaky gut is when the single layer of cells, these epithelial cells in the lining of your gut start to break loose with one another and as a result, things can get into the bloodstream that should not be there. So leaky gut, again, is when these cells that have a single layer, they're holding hands with one another. If they break that hand hold, there is a space now where big molecules can travel through. Usually your gut is very, very, very selective about what it's inviting in. So you chew up your protein really well, you break it down, your body absorbs amino acids. You are breaking down your sugars and your starches, your body is soaking up single cell sugars. However, if that lining between these epithelial cells becomes loose, big molecules can get in. What is underneath that single layer of cells are your blood vessels and your lymphatic system. And there's a lot of lymph nodes in there. So if there is something that now has entered your bloodstream that has triggered your immune system, you can not only have symptoms of inflammation in your gut, but that immune response will go systemic. So that will absolutely influence your brain. There is a lot of research out there that shows that someone who has leaky gut has an issue at all of their boundaries. So we have a lot of boundaries in our body that almost compartmentalize where different functions should be taking place because there's a lot going on in there. In case you didn't know, there's a lot going on. Some things need to be separate. Something that is so, 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 so sacred is your brain. So your brain has its own barrier, the blood-brain barrier. It is exquisitely selective about what can cross. However, just like the gut barrier can break down. Your brain barrier can break down. And if that happens, all sorts of things can get into the brain that should not be there. Your brain needs to stay protected. It's quite valuable, yes. So it has an immune system that lives in the brain. There is a cell called a micro microglial cell, which is kind of like a garbage can. It swims around in the brain, it eats things, chews them up, and then shows them to a different part of your immune system to say, should this be here? Do we need to clear this out or is it safe? And these microglial cells, we need them. We need them to clean up things, to break down old pathways, to help clean up inflammation. However, if there is an a regular exposure to these antigens, which are essentially things that just trigger the immune system via this leaky gut into the brain, these microglial cells can become overactive. When they're overactive, they can target different parts of your brain that should not be targeted. They can lead to inflammation. Inflammation in the brain equals depression. I'm gonna say that again. Inflammation in your brain equals depression. So many of us have inflammation in the brain. There are studies on poor little mice, poor little mice and what they go through in science. But anyway, we can thank these mice because they give us this information. There have been studies in mice that if you inject them with inflammatory cytokines, things like IL-6 for those of you that are nerds, interleukin-6 or TNF-alpha, if you inject these cute little mice with these cytokines, they will exhibit behaviors of depression. In fact, there are other studies that show that signs of depression are very similar to signs of early illness. You know when you get sick? What happens when you get sick? You get fucking sad, 
right? You don't want to leave your bed. You might not even be hungry. You don't want to work out. You don't want to do the things that you love because you don't feel good. Does that not sound like depression? You've never been depressed. It sounds like depression, and I'm happy for you if you've never been depressed. However, then you need to send this podcast to someone that you know is because it's going to help them. So in our sweet little brain, this inflammation can be occurring from in the gut, right? From that gut-brain connection. It can also be happening from the brain directly. So have any of you ever played football? My child, my future gorgeous son, will never play football, ever. He will not. Uh, In fact, he's going to wear a helmet to like everything that he does because that brain is so sacred. Because if you smash Ola, you noodle, what happens is that your body needs to clean up that destruction, right? So inflammation isn't always bad because inflammation is just the way that the immune system gets in there and does its job. So if you smash your little nugget, what will happen is that your immune system goes, oh no, oh no, we got to clean this up. So it will create this leaky barrier so that these big immune cells, these nutrients, these vitamins, these anti-inflammatory compounds can go into your brain. They can clean up the mess and pass it out. However, within, I think it's 72 hours, that might even be a lie. It might even be as soon as 24 hours. If you hit your head, your gut barrier opens, your brain opens up, and now you have both leaky gut and leaky brain. This can sustain, so if you've ever hit your head, had a traumatic brain injury, got in a car accident, have whiplash, and you just didn't feel the same after. Even if I have a patient who got hit in the head with a soccer ball, just playing soccer, and she's never been the same after. And that is because this ongoing inflammation in the brain. When the inflammation signal gets flipped on in the brain, it's challenging to turn it off because those microglial cells love to eat. They are hungry. So we'll go in there, they'll eat stuff up, poop it out, show it to your immune system, and your immune system is going to try to clean up that mess as efficiently as it can. However, inflammation... Again, in the nervous system equals depression. That's just what it is. From a clinical standpoint, it is. You can get this inflammation in the brain from a lot of other things as well. We didn't even talk about mold yet on this podcast. We really have it. Mold is one of the most toxic things on this planet. Mold, it's not the issue of the mold itself. It's the issue of the mycotoxins. So those of you that are like, oh, I have mold in my shower, but I just wiped it up and I'm fine. You need to subscribe to this channel because we're going to talk all about mold and please never do that again. But the toxins that are produced by mold are so small. They are so microscopic that they can go right into your brain. And the thing with mold is that you're usually inhaling it because it's in the air. It's airborne. You don't see it. You don't see it. It's airborne. You inhale it. It goes into your nose. You have a single layer of cells between the surface of your nasal cavity and your brain. Literally one little single layer of cells. So those of you that put shit up your nose all the time, like, please stop. Okay, side note. But you inhale these mycotoxins and they go right into your brain. This is why mold is such a potent trigger for depression. For me, when I tried to kill myself one of the many times, it was when I was living in a moldy house. And I had no idea that I was living in a moldy house. It just felt like this dark energy was in me and around me. It was a cloud that I couldn't escape. And little did I know I was living in the cloud. Hmm. So mold... If you are someone that moved to a new place, if you were someone that started a new job, if you even started at a new school and you started getting depressed, there might be something in that environment that you're reacting to. Buildings can absolutely make you depressed. There's actually different studies that show that people that live in rainy, swampy areas are more likely to get depressed. And I really think that is because of the mold exposure and sick building syndrome because sick buildings that have been water damaged they don't just have mold they can have gram negative bacteria they can have all sorts of things that can enter your brain speaking of that your gut is loaded with critters in there good 
and bad. Truly, the environment of your gut is dictated by what you eat, what you are exposed to, the pharmaceuticals that you've taken, the stress that you have. That is what is governing what is in your gut. And we have beneficial bacteria, non-beneficial bacteria, and commensal bacteria, meaning that they kind of help out when needed. And we have something called gram-negative bacteria, which is really just a classification of their cell wall. Doesn't matter. However, for the purpose of this talk, know that gram-negative bacteria have something called LPS, lipopolysaccharides, which are immense activators of your immune system. The immune system is what triggers inflammation, and we're talking about inflammation in the brain is depression. Yes? So, Stay with me. So if your gut is inflamed because, you know, you're drinking milkshakes every day, even though you're lactose intolerant. By the way, I love when a patient tells me that they're lactose intolerant and then tell me what they eat throughout the day and they only eat lactose. Just like sit with yourself for a moment and know that that's not a good idea. So you're this person, right? Frankie. Frankie can't stop drinking chocolate milk with breakfast. Frankie shits her pants by 12 p.m. Anyway, now Frankie is upset. Why? Because in the gut... It is now leaky because truly that is significant inflammation. If you're eating something that your body hates and you don't feel good, just trust that your gut is inflamed. Trust that you're creating leaky gut. What will happen is that that barrier system will open up and some of these bacteria, these gram negative bacteria swim their way through, get into the bloodstream, stimulate the mesenteric lymph nodes of your gut and create this systemic immune response and LPS in the brain. Because remember, your gut is leaky, then your brain is leaky. They can get into the brain, trigger this micro microglial activation and depression will ensue. So the microbiome inside of your gut is huge. It is huge because we want that happy balance, not only for that mechanism that I just went over, but a lot of these microbes, they are helping to convert the precursors to serotonin. You may have heard that 95% of your serotonin is made in the gut. Have you ever been on an SSRI? I haven't, but have you? You probably had some significant gut issues, huh? Side effects or off-label effects of the drug. That is because of this close connection between the two. So the microbes in your gut are actually helping to increase tryptophan, which is the precursor of serotonin. So we're going to talk all about nutrients and how that influences depression in a few moments. However, if the microbial imbalance in your gut is off, you're not going to have that precursor to make serotonin. If your gut is inflamed, you're not going to have the capacity to make that serotonin and the world's going to look a little bit dimmer. You're not going to have as much fun. And truly, if you eat like shit, I can promise you that you will feel like shit. Yes? So outside of just the foods that Frankie's eating, even though she's lactose intolerant and shitting her pants by noon... (laughs) Truly, though, I can't even tell you how many people do that. I did that for most of my life. I would drink a chocolate milk at lunch and literally have to find a bathroom in high school because I would explode after and thought that was normal and did that for years. So if you are Frankie right now, know that I'm not judging you. I'm laughing with you because we've all been there. And at a certain point in your life, you're going to decide to not do that to yourself and you're going to feel better and you're not going to be as depressed, okay? Yes. But other things in our food can do this. So if you're eating conventional produce, conventional animal products, they have so many toxins in them, so many pesticides, herbicides, inflammatory chemicals that can do that same thing, that can break down the lining of the gut, get into those lymph nodes, create a systemic immune response. And those cytokines are what are triggering that inflammatory reaction in the brain. Cytokines are just the way that cells talk to each other, and they usually just spit out something into the blood that circulates everywhere. So... We really need to be mindful about our diet, our lifestyle, because if you are someone who is depressed, 
food can be your medicine. Food can be your medicine. Taking care of your gut is going to be a significant game changer for you. But I also understand as someone that did struggle with depression that sometimes it's hard to even feed yourself when you're depressed because you have such a low motivation to do that. Speaking of motivation, motivation lives in the frontal lobe of your brain. The frontal lobe is very highly developed in humans. However, I question that it's not very highly developed in some penile creatures. That was a joke. <laughs> but if you didn't get it, maybe you'll get it after listening to this episode. So the frontal lobe, again, lives in the front of our brain, and it is what helps us have motivation. It's what helps us show up to life, what helps us check things off on our checklist. So if you're depressed, how hard is it to do one thing? How challenging is it to even leave your bed? That's your sweet little frontal lobe. The frontal lobe is obviously something that you can hit easily if you smack your forehead, right? So it's a common area of traumatic brain injury and that whole mechanism of leaky gut, leaky brain that we just talked about. But it's also a part of the brain that is lit the fuck up by movement. So while this episode is not me getting into, you know, treatment per se, If you are someone that is not moving your body, that is not activating your frontal lobe, you are missing out on so many happy neurotransmitters that will take place just by you moving that sweet little body. Mm. Fully support moving, fully support dancing. It's so good for everything really. So something else that I wanted to mention is that different foods can trigger systemic inflammation. And one that I wanted to talk about in specific is gluten, sweet little gluten. Gluten's actually not sweet. Me and gluten, you and gluten might not get along, but you might not be aware that you don't get along with it because it might be something subtle, right? You might eat gluten and get bloated. I will say that so many people do not have celiac disease, but they have something called gluten sensitivity in which their body does not like gluten. If you subscribe to this channel, which come the fuck on, why are you not subscribed to this channel? But if you are subscribed to this channel, you probably heard all about how I was talking about how gluten can influence all sorts of things in the body, how it can lead to systemic inflammation. And this is that next step because gluten and how it's been highly sprayed and highly genetically modified, it is something that is quite foreign to the body. Gluten loves those tight junctions in the gut that I was talking about. So tight junctions are the proteins. They're the hands that are held between the cells of the gut. So gluten loves to attack those. So it loves to create leaky gut. So no, you might not have celiac disease. No, you might not be allergic to gluten, but it could be low grade leading to this inflammation within the digestive system. Gluten in the brain does not feel good. Gluten in the brain does not feel good at all. It actually can lead to significant depression for people that are sensitive to gluten. And I know for myself, that's something that will show up. Say that I go out to eat at a sushi restaurant and I say, I'm gluten free, I'm gluten free. I tell them that I'm fucking gluten free. And then they pour soy sauce on something. Soy sauce has a lot of wheat in it. Let me just tell you that. Why? I don't know, but it does. So if you eat gluten and then the next day you're depressed, you just found it. Please stop eating it then. But across the board, if you eat something and the next day you're sad, you can assume that that mechanism of inflammation is now in your brain. It takes a little while for that to calm down. One of my favorite truth bombs is that if you take GABA, GABA is a neurotransmitter. Neurotransmitters are big bulky molecules. It's not like an amino acid. If you take GABA and if you feel calm, Congratulations, you have a leaky blood brain barrier. I love when people tell me that they take GABA and feel great and then, you know, think that it's something to be proud of. 
while I'm happy for you that you have a sense of relief, I am not happy for you because now I know that your blood brain barrier is not up to par. Let's just say that we want that blood brain barrier to be quite strong. We want to keep bad things out. We want to keep good things in there. So if you have a leaky brain and if you didn't just smash your head, um, I would consider really working into the gut because that is where the issue likely lies. Hmm. So if I didn't convince you to actually give a fuck about what you eat yet, um, I hope that it's slowly starting to sink in because your vagus nerve is connected to your brain and it's also connected to your gut and anything can travel from one direction to the other. So the current model of depression is that in which we usually are prescribing antidepressants, which are truly just manipulating one, two, three neurochemicals, different neurotransmitters. It is, it's clear in the scientific community that that is not what depression is anymore. It's just not. We know that it's not one chemical imbalance leads to the progression of depression. It just does not. And if that's something that you're still in alignment with, you're kind of living from an outdated model. And so is your doctor, which is okay. Because listen, listen to you. You're listening to this podcast and you are going to educate them and you're going to change your life. However, we of course need these neurochemicals, right? We need neurotransmitters. We need dopamine. We need serotonin. We need to feel good. And if you are not consuming the building blocks to make these things, it's going to be a challenge to feel the way that you were intending to feel with these chemicals. So you might be someone that has low dopamine, so you get addicted to scrolling because you get a little dopamine kick every time. You might be someone that's depleted in dopamine and you might have a food addiction because you get a little bit of dopamine each time, but really your body is craving that deep, you know, actual pleasure from your own endogenous creation. So when I was the most depressed in my life, let me just paint a little picture when I was the most depressed in my life, let me pick a time. There's a couple that really stick out, but I'll talk about the first time, the really bad time. Uh, this is actually the second time. Sorry, I'm really putting myself out there today. Um, so the second time when I was exquisitely depressed, let me truly tell you what was going on. I was living in a moldy house. I was going to a moldy medical school. I was a strict vegan. I was so, 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 so stressed. And I had quite a few chronic infections. I had a hidden chronic infection in my mouth. Um and all sorts of inflammation, exquisite levels of inflammation. Before I jump into what I was going to jump into, I wanna to speak to stress since I just brought that up. Stress releases so many chemicals into the bloodstream, predominantly cortisol. Cortisol will swim around and kiss every cell in your body. It kisses different parts of the brain to make it so that your brain a, doesn't remember what's going on. So if you're someone that has significant brain fog and you're stressed, know that your body is trying to help you forget what you're stressed out from because it's truly creating this traumatic environment within your body that your body's like, uh-oh, we don't want to remember this. But what if you're a new mom? You probably want to remember like the early days of your child's life, right? So truly that is all due to cortisol and that will make it so that your body cannot regulate stress and it will lead to enhanced um, inflammation everywhere in your body, especially your brain. But now let's go back to depressed Ashley laying into bed, facing a wall, did not want to leave. I was like that for a while. I would go to medical school. I would seem so, you know, at peace. And then I would go home and lay in my bed. So also this is your reminder that if there's someone in your life that you can just, they just pop into your subconscious sometimes. They just randomly float across your brain. You're like, huh, maybe I should check on them, but they seem good. Their Instagram looks like they're happy. Check on them. That's your intuition. Check on them. Ask them, don't even ask them what they need. Just bring them over some chocolate. Everyone who's depressed loves chocolate. Shove it in their mouth. Anyway, so Ashley was very depressed. I was strict vegan, like I said. 
I also, just in case you're wondering, have some very unique genes in which my red blood cells are a different size and shape than everyone else's because again, I might be an alien. So I have an interesting form of anemia. So anemia is when your red blood cells are a different size and shape and ultimately they cannot carry enough oxygen to your cells, to your tissue, so symptoms present. Your brain, it really likes oxygen. Mm-hmm, it does. So if your brain doesn't have enough oxygen, you're gonna be depressed because things aren't moving. Things are going slow. There's not enough blood to carry out all the functions that your very, very advanced brain is trying to carry out. Also, something that goes hand in hand with anemia is iron. I was a strict vegan. I didn't give a fuck about taking a vitamin because I trusted that I was getting everything from my diet, which I was not. I was iron deficient. I was B12 deficient, B6, B9 mineral deficient, If you're deficient in any of those, any of those, depression can ensue, which is why so many people are like, oh, I take B12 and I'm not depressed anymore. It's truly because these are cofactors to make neurochemicals. If you don't have the cofactors, it's like you're trying to start a a car, but the ignition won't turn. So you're going to try and try and try, but it's not going to happen. And you're going to feel depleted and exhausted from doing that. So if you are vegan, I support your decision. However, you need to supplement with the essential vitamins and minerals that you're not getting in your diet. Even if you do eat animals, but you don't eat red meat often, if you don't get enough bioavailable iron in your diet, you could have symptoms of this because if you don't have enough iron, you cannot make dopamine. Let that settle in. If you have ever been told that you cannot donate blood because you're iron deficient, you're dopamine deficient. You need iron. You need it. You need it. You need it. You need it. Yes, you can eat spinach. I have never seen that someone got their iron in optimal range by eating spinach. I'll just tell you that right now. Um, So I would recommend supplementing or eating some beef liver. Mm, 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 mm. Beef liver also has a lot of good B vitamins and things that you need. But aside from the vitamins and minerals that you need, you need protein. I was so protein deficient when I was a vegan. I was eating tubs of hummus, rice and beans, tempeh, tofu. I was truly trying, but I was hungry and I was mad all the fucking time. I was truly so hungry. All I needed was a steak. Little did I know. Anyway, if you don't have protein, you don't even have the first step of what your body needs to make these neurotransmitters. You need phenylalanine. You need tyrosine. You need tryptophan. These are all coming from the diet. Yes, plants can have protein. However, you need to make sure that you're not deficient. If you don't have that first essential building block, it's not going to get into your brain. You're not going to make any of the happy neurochemicals at all. And no, you're not going to just supplement with GABA, right? Because it shouldn't work because we're going to seal off that blood brain barrier and it's not going to let anything through that you're not getting there. Things that can influence the ability of these nutrients to get into the brain are things like low blood pressure. So if you don't have a lot of blood flowing to your brain, you're not going to get anything that's in the blood to the brain. So if you're someone that goes from sitting to standing and almost faints, congratulations. You've probably got low blood pressure. You need to check that out. It's okay. You're going to make it probably. You just need some salt to get that blood pressure up, but that can be part of it. It can also happen from different blood sugar imbalances. So insulin is the key. 
to your cells that lets nutrients enter to make energy, predominantly sugar, but it also shows that there is an influence of insulin on the brain. And if there is a dysregulation in insulin, so insulin resistance, too high of insulin, too low of insulin, if there's any blood sugar things like hyper or hypoglycemia, then insulin will be unregulated and it will not allow these amino acids into the brain to make dopamine, serotonin, all things. So if blood sugar is an issue for you, you have to work on that. That's not negotiable um, for anyone in my practice, not because blood sugar is, you know, isolated. It's truly impacting every single cell of your body. Blood sugar, when it's elevated, can lead to severe inflammation everywhere in your body. So if you're someone that's like, oh, I take these supplements for detox, but then you eat foods that you feel arise and fall in blood sugar, or if you know that your blood sugar is unstable, you are not necessarily treating the root of your inflammation, which is absolutely that blood sugar piece. So you need to be mindful of that. So if you are anemic at all, so this can happen from a number of different nutrients, I just want you to assume that if you're anemic, that this is a mechanism going on for you, that you are either low oxygen or low vitamin mineral depleted in which now your brain cannot make the neurochemicals that it needs. But also I think it's super important to consider that you could be doing everything right, but a medication can be impacting these levels. So birth control know how much I love hormonal birth control, right? Let me also just say that when I tried to kill myself, I was on birth control and that is because birth control depletes vitamin B6. You can't make any neurotransmitters without vitamin B6. It's one of the main cofactors. You mainly get vitamin B6 from animal protein. And I was so deficient in vitamin B6 that it was a huge part of my health journey was getting that back up and for my brain to actually function the way that it's supposed to. So during this time, if you are someone that is on birth control, if you are on a proton pump inhibitor, did you listen to my gut health episode? Because it kind of goes hand in hand with this one, huh? But if you are someone that is on a proton pump inhibitor, what this is doing is it's impacting the cells in your stomach that switch a proton for another mineral to make the lumen of your stomach acidic. This acidic lumen of your stomach is helping you break down proteins into amino acids. It's helping you start to release these vitamins and minerals so that they can be absorbed. So if you're taking a proton pump inhibitor, once again, I can promise you that you are depleting a lot of vitamins and minerals. So. I don't think that anyone needs to be on a proton pump inhibitor. I'm aware that I'm very opinionated. However, most of the time, um, why people are taking those is because they have something like GERD or reflux. The root is not too much stomach acid. That has never been the root. It's usually too little stomach acid. Issues with motility, stress, one of those things is impacting. So if you're on a proton pump inhibitor, I would consider getting off, but also know that outside of those two medications, a lot of medications can deplete these vitamins and minerals. So if you are taking something regularly, I invite you to take Take a look. It could be as simple as a Google search to see what it depletes. And if you're not sure, reach out to me because I would love to help you figure it out. So to recap, your body is fucking perfect. It always has been. If you're depressed, you're not broken. If you want to kill yourself, that is okay. Not that it's okay because we need you here. I need you here. I love you. So does your family. So do your friends. So do your pets. They love you. I'm saying it's okay because it doesn't mean that you're stuck. It doesn't mean that there's no solution. It doesn't mean that there's not a way out. That is truly your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit, your ancestors screaming at you to look at something that you have not yet looked at. And as someone that has suffered from very severe 
depression, I can attest that when you get that root, everything will shift. Of course, you're gonna have highs and lows of emotions. Of course you are. But if you are someone that is waking up feeling like there is a fog over your gaze, like you can't find joy, like it's hard to feel connected to your purpose, a big part of it can be inflammation. I want you to just start with that. This doesn't mean taking a bunch of anti-inflammatory supplements, even though it might. It means finding the root cause of that inflammation. Oftentimes that is in your gut. You need to start taking your diet, your lifestyle, your stress seriously, because stress is also, it's not only releasing an abundance of cortisol, but it's breaking down the blood brain barrier. It's breaking down the gut barrier so that you get leaky gut, leading to that systemic circulation of inflammatory cytokines, molecules, chemicals. I didn't even mention that toxins can do this, right? The toxins in our air, the toxins in our water can be leading to that breakdown in that story that we just discussed. So outside of that, you also need to be concerned considering how this inflammation in your gut is influencing your nutrient availability and absorption because it's not always what you eat, it's what you absorb. So if you're someone that is pooping out whole salads and you know you could tell what you passed based on what's in the toilet, that's a sign that you're not getting anything from your food. So in working on your gut, in working on your stress, in working on your toxic exposures and making sure that your body has everything that it needs you are going to have such a different experience on life. And if you are someone that does feel stuck or feels like you are a victim to a pill, but you still don't feel relief, know that that's because you have not found the root cause. I fully support anyone that is using a pharmaceutical as a tool to get you out of a dark place. Because again, I've been there and it, it's it's scary. It's scary to be driving a car and want to turn and crash. I've been there. It's hard to be standing on a bridge and think, hmm, I could just step off the edge and fall. I understand. And if you were in that place, you know, some support is definitely indicated, whether that's pharmaceutical, talking to a therapist, having someone with you all the time. All of these things are, are very important. But know that once you get out of that crisis mode, once you are ready to do that deeper work, everything is going to fall into place. And then you'll be like me. You'll be able to talk about it openly. You'll be able to share your story with someone that needs to hear it so that if they feel alone and isolated, stuck and scared, you can be that light for them. So if you are someone that is struggling with anything mental health wise, I am so happy that you are here. I am so happy that we connected and you are going to be okay. This is the way that you are reclaiming your power, reclaiming your ability to show up for your life and also reconnecting to your purpose. And I really do believe that everything that we encounter does lead us where we need to go. And if someone said that to me when I was lying in my bed wanting to die, I'd probably elbow them in the face. Um, but now I can see that. So if that's where you're at, I'm here for you. Please like this channel. Share this episode with someone that needs it. I know there's someone in your life that needs it. And if you want to work with someone on mental health, getting to the root cause, truly, it is one of the greatest honors in my life to help people get out of that place. So thank you so much for listening. I love you all deeply. Thank you for being here. The world celebrates your existence.